Hi, I'm Matt McClory, lead pastor alongside my wife, Jill, here at Colonial Church in St. Augustine, Florida. Wanted to welcome you to Colonial Church's podcast. We are a church that believes in Jesus and people, which means we believe in you. So why not today subscribe to this podcast and choose to grow your life spiritually and in all the other ways as well into everything that God has got for you. God bless you and I hope you enjoy this episode. I did want to say over the next couple of weeks, I am going to be encouraging us. If you're new to our church, welcome. And we're so glad that you're here and you started coming. But I just want to say, don't stay new for too long. Okay? Um, I really want to encourage you. Do whatever it takes to make a move in some way towards being planted in the house. You don't get planted on accident. It takes intentionality. And when I hear a story about someone that, you know, was coming at church, was kind of on the fringes and then sort of walked away, it always breaks my heart because um, as a pastor, I love being a pastor and I love you all and I want to make sure we can do everything we can. And so I always ask the question, Did we, could we have done something? You know, could we have put something in front of someone? So this is really my effort to sort of make sure we do that as best we can and really put the, the power in your hands to, to, to go ahead and do that. And so... What do you need to make a move this year to get more planted? Um, do you need to, um, to get planted? And, and, and you know that that's me. I need to get planted in the house of God. I just want to give you one really easy practical thing. Download our app. Go to the app store. Download Colonial Church app. It will help you. It will help you know what's going on. You'll get the notifications when things are happening. You'll be able to sign up for different parts of our ministry. It really matters. So that could help. Do you need to get baptized? I'm really happy that at Anointing Sunday, I prayed for, for several people and I prayed for them to receive, uh, to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And um, a couple of times I really felt like the Lord put on my heart in that moment to ask them if they'd been water baptized. And every single time I was like, no, I actually haven't. And so February 4th, we're having baptisms. And if you haven't been baptized, you need to take that important step of being water baptized um, because it's powerful. Um, but, but beyond that, just what does your family need is really what you need to think about. What, you, what do you and your family need? And so there are some exciting things that are coming up in the life of Youth House, middle school and high school. Um, but I just need to say this. Youth is very important if you have middle school or high school kids, especially today. I'm going to be talking about that a little bit in the message today. But it is so important today. I've heard this said, and I think it's so true, and it just really says everything. But there is a very small chance that your child's going to become a professional athlete. <laughs> there is a very small chance that your child is going to become a star dancer or whatever. But there is a 100% chance that your child is going to step into eternity one day. And so I want to say this to everyone in our church that has kids in, in youth. Get your kids to Youth House. Do whatever it takes. Jill and I personally, we are a whatever it takes in this area. And we'll do, we, we, will, we will part seas to make sure our kids, and you could say that and be like, well, you're the pastors. No, we would do this anyway. We would be like this anyway. Jill said last week beautifully, she said, if we wouldn't leave this church, we would come to this church. And this is how we approach this. And... It says in 1 Timothy 4, it says, For physical exercise has some value, but godliness is valuable in every way. It holds promise for the present life and for the life to come. 
I just feel like your kids are worth too much for me not to make this point right now. And I want to be a father to this house. And I want to make sure our kids grow up in the right environment, know the truth, the truth that sets them free, know who they are, know who they're called to be, know what God says about them. You know, they learn the word of God, they learn how to worship and they have fun. And so I think we should make it a priority as parents. So thereeth endeth the prodeth (laughs) for this week. If you've got your Bibles, open with me to Psalm 139. And we're going to do what we always do, which is read God's word and begin there. Um, We're a church that loves the word of God. Loves the word of God. And for our lives, we need to look no further than the word of God. Because it's the Word of God, as we look to the Word of God, the Word of God has for us everything we need. So as we go to the Bible, the Bible comes to us. And, uh, and we're going to do that right now, and I'm excited about it. We're going to read Psalm 139. And it's an amazing, amazing psalm. You could soak in this psalm. I heard it once said that the psalms are the medicine chest for the soul. And if you're wondering about deep things... This is a good one for you. It says in verse 1, O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my lying down. You are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it altogether. You hem me in behind and before and lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high, I cannot attain it. Where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness cover me, And the light about me be night. Even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is bright as the day, for darkness is as light with you. Look at verse 13. For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden for you when I was being made in the secret place, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God. How vast is the sum of them. If I would count them, they are more than the sand. I awake and I am still with you. Let's pray. Lord, I just thank you for your word today. Father, I thank you that it is truth and it is life. And it goes into our lives, Lord, like a surgeon's scalpel, perfect, divides away the things that don't need to be there, removes them with precision. Holy Spirit, would you perform such such surgery on us right now? Would you remove from us, Lord, the things that just don't need to be there? The hidden things, the, the callus that's grown, the, the stuff that's built up. Remove it, Lord. Give us clear sight today. 
Give us a clean heart like David prayed. And Father, I just thank you that you're moving in our lives and you're moving in our church and you're doing so much. Bless every family that's here, every generation that's represented, God. And Father, we thank you for the generations. We thank you for colonial kids. God, may they have an amazing time and learn about you. In Jesus' name, and we all said, Defined and assigned. If you're looking for a title, that's it. That's what I got. Defined and assigned. I want to continue in this month of January to talk about purpose and calling. I feel like the Lord's put that on my heart. We began the year with an anointing Sunday, anointed and appointed for God's work. Today, defined and assigned. You know, words create worlds, which is simply to say that words matter. And to take that a little bit further, I would go on to say that then definitions really matter as well. And as we think about that, when it comes to something as high stakes as your life in 2024, I would say that the words that are spoken and received in your life are very important. Because words create worlds. But do you know that the word can actually create our world? That the word of God, as perfect as it is, when we come around it and we insert our life into it, it can create our world for us. That when we, if we will submit our lives to it, no matter what it looks like, what it, no matter what we're going through, or where we've come from, that when we submit our lives underneath the word of God, the word actually creates our world. And we begin to see the world differently. And when we understand that, we can quickly reach a conclusion, which I believe is important at the very beginning of the year, to understand that God, through the Word, has already defined so much for our lives. And if you like, and because I'm the type of person that doesn't mind a shortcut, that we can take a shortcut when it comes to the things that we come across and we face in life, things that are in front of us. As we face issues, as we come around things in the culture, you know, we live in a culture that is becoming more and more self-defined. It's a selfie culture through and through. And I think the enemy is pleased with that because what I believe he knows about human nature is we have a tendency to worship self. We have a tendency to put the spotlight on us. I know this about my own life is because I remember when, I, when you look at a photo with a bunch of your friends, who are you looking for in the photo? <laughs> Not my mate, me. Just illustrating a point that, that, that we, this is our human nature and I think the enemy right now is pleased with the culture because it's a self-culture. Focused on self, obsessed with self, but it's getting worse because what's happening now is there's this sense that in the culture that people can redefine self, which is almost worse. But I believe things are changing. Things are shifting in the culture. I was watching something just yesterday that just blew me away. I wanted to share it with you. There's an actor called Russell Brand. Maybe you've heard of this guy. He's English dude, funny accent. <laughs> Didn't want to show you the video because I just thought it would just be too much. 
But what he said in this video blew me away. He's on a journey, he's lived quite a life, but I believe he's coming to the end of himself and he's starting to see things more clearly. And he said this, and I want to read it to you. He said, the reason that I wear a cross, he's talking about his, his cross that he was wearing. He said, the reason I wear a cross is because the cross or the figure of Christ on it and Christianity is inevitably becoming more important as I become more familiar with suffering, purpose, self, and listen to this, and not self. He goes on. This is amazing. He says, I'm reading the Bible a lot more and also Rick Warren's purpose-driven life. He says, growing up, it seemed like Christianity was either irrelevant, old-fashioned, dusty kind of thing, or they tried to modernize it. I didn't think any of it was for me, but I suppose it takes a certain amount of adulthood to recognize that I need a personal relationship with God. That instead of always talking to myself, what if I replaced at least one of those voices with an indwelling God? And he goes on to quote scripture. He says, it says in Galatians that our job is to die so that Christ can be reborn in our lives. And he goes on, he says, he says to his followers, let me know what you think because my heart is open. This is what I believe, is I believe that the culture is changing. And young people, we just saw Passion, Passion Conference, 65,000 young people in a stadium on their faces worshipping God, coming around truth. Why? Because I believe the young people in our culture just are sick of fake things. They're sick of being sold stuff that's not real. They're sick of the filters. They're sick of all the stuff that's all the layers and being sold things that aren't real. And they're getting to the end of themselves and they're saying, tell me what's true. But this is the culture we're in and the enemy is still trying to tell, especially young people, you can redefine yourself. You can announce your era to the world. You can decide that. Um, Saying that you can essentially be whoever you want and do as you feel. It's quite a picture, isn't it? Of what we're dealing with. But I'm grateful today as Bible-believing, Jesus-following Christians, we know something different about all this, about the redefinitions and changing things to suit the way we feel. This is what we know. This might be news for you today. It's just a good reminder. Is the word of God clearly displays the works of God and what has been revealed, but also what has been defined? I just want to, I want to preach the truth today. This is very important. What God has defined, I cannot change. Maybe you need to write that down. What God has defined, I cannot change. So I have a choice. Am I going to get on board with that? Or am I going to continue in the delusion that I think I can change certain things that cannot be changed? See, I'm not here today to preach to our church. I never want to be the type of pastor that tries to sell you something that works. Christianity isn't true because it works. It works because it's true. What you need is not what works because that might change. What you need is not what makes you feel good. Because what I'm saying right now might not make you feel good. But is it the truth? Yeah. Yeah. 
Because I don't know about you, but I want the truth. Because the Bible says it's the truth Jesus said that will make you free. So this isn't a self-help gospel. This isn't something that helps you. It shouldn't just fit into your weekly schedule. This should be something that changes your life. Because when you come across it, you're just like, no, 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 no. This can't be, this can't be real, right? It's like the, 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 the guys, the, the parable that Jesus told with the last two guys that kind of get in at the last minute after the guys have been working all day. They're all mad. But we often forget about the two guys that got in at the very end. That's you and me. That's you and me that we didn't have a backstage pass. Christianity isn't true because it works. It's just a good lifestyle thing. It works because it's true. And if you'll believe, God will show up in your life. Because God loves you and he's created you. And listen to me, friend, he has defined you and sent his son for you. So that's point number one. I am defined. You will never fully understand your calling if you don't understand your value first. One is a massive help to the other. See, what I do for God, gosh, this is so good. (laughs) This is so good. I'm preaching to myself right now. I don't know if you guys are here, but I'm preaching to myself. I am being built up right now. I am being blessed right now because this is so good. Your value outweighs your service. Many people miss this. They go their whole lives with this wrong. They think that they're, yes, they're wretched, they're miserable. You know, they're they're, they're on the wrong side of this whole God and sin deal and they get that. But what they do is they try to just work their tails off to get into God's good graces and hopefully in the midst of that whole life of service that they will have done something to create enough value for God to say, I'm pleased. That's the falsehood of religion. And the reason that Jesus told us a story about a prodigal was so that you and I could understand it doesn't matter how bad it's been. It doesn't matter how far into the pit, how much, how broke you are, how bad it's been, that we have a God who outlasts it all and will be there ready to receive you. But why? Because of your value. Not because of anything or anything you will do for Him. That, that, that we actually are welcomed back, not as a slave, but a son. Yeah. That I'm not actually reduced in value because of what I've done, but I'm esteemed in value because of what he has done. That my life is actually a real thing and really matters to God. Yes, you, your life really matters to him. I am clearly defined by God. And I can't find outside of the word of Jesus anyone who who explains this better than King David. No one I can find understands this and is able to transmit this better than David. He, he, He pens this psalm and it is so incredible to come across this morning. But if you've never read it, you've never soaked in it, young person, if you're in here today and you've never come around these truths, can I just encourage you? This helps you understand your value to God. He says, for you, you formed, 
My inward parts, you knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. And he goes on that I'm intricately woven and your eyes saw me in my unformed substance. But this is to me the best part in your book. God's got a book. But not, he doesn't have a book, but you're in the book. And that the days were formed for me, every one of them, the days that were formed for me, that you're in there and they're written when there wasn't even one of them that was lived out. I am defined by God. Jesus goes on and talks about how in, in, the, in Matthew's account, at least, one that I read this week, he was, talks about how you're worth more than many sparrows. And how much more does God love you than them? They're arrayed even better than Solomon. And why do we allow the enemy to tell us that we're not worth anything? When this is right here. And then he goes on, he says, don't be anxious. Don't be anxious. Because this is how much God loves you. And he has defined your life. You know, you should put that on your CV this week if you're applying for a job, the very bottom. Just say, worth more than many sparrows. <laughs> See if it sparks up a conversation. But you were and now are clearly defined by God himself. Not a single part of you is a mistake despite what anyone has said. The Bible makes it clear. You are valued. You are not worthless. You are worth something. You are not insignificant, but you're actually significant. David writes it. Jesus confirms it, that you're made in the image of God. Psalm 100 and verse 3 says, Know that the Lord, He is God. It is He who made us. And we are His. We're going to tell our kids this. That this is, this is you. Yeah, 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 you're in our family and certain things happen for you to be here. But there's a bigger picture going on with your life, son. There's a bigger picture going on with your life, daughter, that God made you and wrote out your days. My question today is this, do you believe it? And if you believe it, do you take it to heart? And do you allow that truth that defined truth to dictate things in your life. The days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. So I am defined. Number two, this is why. Because I am assigned. Defined and assigned. If you have a value like that, then there has to be a purpose that comes along with it. Because why would God make you in his image if he didn't want you to be a part of what he was doing? One of the greatest pictures I think I have of God the Father is that he wants us to learn his ways. He wants us to learn the family business. He wants us to learn what he's up to. He wants us to get involved on the job site. He wants us to get amongst what he's building. He wants to give us a hammer. He wants to give us a ruler. He wants to give us something to get involved. And how does he do that? He does that through our calling. The Apostle Paul said it the best way to Timothy. He said in 2 Timothy chapter 1, 
He says in verse 8, Therefore do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but share in suffering for the gospel by the power of God, who saved us, look at this, and called us to a holy calling. To a holy calling. So we're saved or valued, but also called. Called to what? This is what we're all called to. To love and live for Jesus all of our days. Every single one of us. How cool is that? That no matter what you go through, no matter where you're at, if you're a believer, you are called to a holy calling. Saved and called. But the beauty of it is the assignment changes. I love that God, He doesn't leave us even without variety. You know? Different assignments for different seasons. You might be in here today and you're just like, yeah, okay, I could get on board with the fact that I'm valued. I could get on board with the fact that I may be called to something. But Matt, what is my assignment? Well, here's what I'd like you to write down. Your assignment from God is not made up. It's prayed down. I'm going to say that again because that was much better than the response I just got. (laughs) Your assignment is not made up. You don't make up your assignment with God. You pray and he gives it to you. You pray, you say, God, I love you so much and I'm so grateful for Jesus and I can't believe I'm even in this whole deal and I can't believe I'm even a part of this and I'm so excited to do something. Lord, what do you want me to do? And he says, okay, here's your assignment. And I look back on 20-something years as a Christian and I've had multiple assignments, multiple projects, different things that he's had me do. I remember having an assignment as a single person. I remember what that assignment was. I remember my assignment when Jill and I first met and we got married. I remember there was a different assignment. I used to be assigned to the marketplace. That was my assignment. Now I have a different assignment. But here's the thing about your assignment is you can't go off the the old assignment in the new assignment. I'd have a pretty rough go of it trying to be a pastor of a church if I was still trying to be a business person. And it's the same for you, this assignment that God has for you in 2024. You might be in the throes of it right now. You might be all about it right now. Everything might be good right now, but maybe you're in here today and you're just like, actually, that's a word for me because I know God's doing something new. I know He's doing something fresh and I know I'm assigned. But your assignment from God, listen to me, friend, you don't just make it up. You pray it down. And all of us, you know, we're assigned differently. That's what I love, the diversity of the body of Christ, is we're all called to love and live for Jesus, but we're all assigned to do something different. And we're going to pray in a moment. I'm going to, in a moment, pray for you and your assignment, whether you know it or you don't. But I'm believing that today, God's going to remind you that He loves you. He created you. Every day before you ever stepped into it was written in his book. Would you stand with me? I love to pray for two groups of people. The first is that, that you're in here and you're like, I'm on assignment, Matt. I know my assignment. 
I'm in the middle maybe of my assignment I'm, or I'm upcoming. I know it's, what's ahead and I know what God has me doing right now. And I want to pray for you. I want to pray for increased strength. I want to pray for no anxiety. I want to pray for you to, 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 to have all the grace to step into it and for you to walk into that assignment knowing you're valued. And then for the other group of people, you're in here today and you're like, this all sounds really good, but I just don't know. And maybe you're a new Christian, so this is kind of new to you and the idea of praying for God to tell you what it is might be new. That's okay. That's the best thing about church. You learn God's ways. You learn the way that He does things. And I want to pray for you specifically to get that God drop today, to get that God thing that just like, God, that's it. And maybe it'll come in the days this week. Maybe it'll come as you open up your Bible this week. Maybe it'll come as you pray in your quiet time this week. But I know that God is going to tell you what your assignment is. He's going, to, he's going to confirm it. He's going to give it to you. So would you bow your heads and close your eyes? If you're in here today and you don't know what your assignment is, you're wondering, maybe even a little anxious about what it is, and there's a question mark over it, would you raise your hand? Believing in the power of God today, people's going to speak to, God's going to speak to people's hearts. So many hands. I love it. God, I just thank you right now that you've called us, that you love us. I thank you right now, Lord, that you're strengthening your saints, that you're giving us the word for the season. You're giving us the now moment, Lord. I just thank you, Father, for the God assignment in 2024. Father, I thank you that you're, you're letting your children know that you're giving them a sense of your, your comfort and your peace over the assignment, Lord. I thank you that you're going to give us the wisdom to understand the, the knowledge and the discernment, Lord, and the Holy Spirit to step into it. Father, I thank you that you've assigned every single one of us in Jesus' name. Come on, let's worship right now. is knowing that my guide is holding tomorrow in his hands my life your story and you're not finished with me yet this is my home my hope is
He's not finished yet. Where there's breath, there's hope. Where there's life, God's going to work. Thanks for listening to that podcast. We pray it blessed you and empowered you in all that God's got for you. Why don't you share that with a friend, someone who maybe needs to hear it. We'd love for you to also to visit us um, either online at colonialchurch.life or here at church at 550 State Road 207 here in St. Augustine, Florida. Be blessed.